Yeah, so all of this intake of information through social media, it's great in that it 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 does have the potential to educate. It obviously also has the potential to alienate and propagate and all those things. Yeah. But it does kind of like raise anxiety levels because you're just hearing more about it. You right, know, like your your it's ever present awareness. You recording? Yes, I am. Ow, ow. Well, this is episode five of our podcast. And oh guess God. what? We have another guest today. Yes. <laughs> it's my mom. Hi, mom. Say, say hello. Hey. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you. Oh my gosh. We couldn't be more excited to have you. You were one of the first people that we thought of to bring as a guest on our podcast. So thank you so much. Awesome. What is your first name, by the way, so that the listeners know? Debbie. Cool. Thanks for that piece of information. You already knew that. Of course, but the (laughs) listeners don't know. Well, some of them might, who knows? Yes, but thank you for coming. We're going to be talking about generations and generationalism this episode so we figured it would be oh yeah we figured it'd be handy to bring on a boomer okay let's go oh she's ready (laughs) well first of all first off before we start um let's check in let's check in we always have a little check-in you know at the beginning of our episode Are, are there any life updates for you Ely in the last week no Oh, okay. actually the only life update no, I'm just kidding the only life update I have is that Shuri got to swim in a kitty swimming pool today at daycare and I don't know why nobody else seems to have the same reaction as me but I thought it was like the cutest thing in the world and it just makes my heart feel so full that she got to splish splash around oh well you were texting me about it and you sent me pictures and I was like it looks like she doesn't know what water is. She probably doesn't. Um, she's never been in like standing water like that before. So I'm sure she was confused, but like the confusion was what made it cute. <laughs> love I love that. I love that. Um, thank you for your life update. That was very meaningful. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's see my life update. Not much has happened in the last week for me either. Um, Things are, I I did not mention them last episode because we just kind of hopped into our discussion with Leah. Um, Things are progressing with Sir Nicholas. Things are going well. I guess I don't have any other updates. I just, things are going nicely and he's still a thing. So, so yeah. And as for my mom, I know she has a pretty big life date. Actually, she might have a couple of things that have happened in the last couple of days. Mom, what happened on Sunday? My birthday. happy birthday again happy birthday birthday what birthday is it (laughs) six zero six years how do you feel do you feel any different nope (laughs) well i guess that's better than feeling worse i don't feel 60 oh you feel 70 creeps up on you no i don't feel 70 (laughs) how do you feel for the past three years you've been asking me is if it's my 60th Yes, because, you know, it's just, it's hard to keep track. I'm sorry. Do I look like 60? No, you look damn great. You, you look really 41. don't, honestly. You, okay, actually, though, you do look in your 40s. Oh. Awesome. I'm a parent pleaser. <laughs> <laughs> and, Mom, what is the second thing that happened? Well, actually, I guess it hasn't happened yet. What, do you, what is happening to you on Thursday? I'm getting my first COVID shot. <gasps> I made the appointment for her, just letting everyone know. Thank you. You're such a helpful son. I really am. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Okay, cool. Sounds like our lives are going fine enough. Yeah. Should we jump? Yes. Should we jump into our topic? No, let's. I talk about this. Yes. So for just to like put it out there so mom knows, I have our outline up on my second monitor. Um, so we can kind of like know what we need to touch base on. One thing I think is good to float out there just because I was kind of made aware that this might not be a super understood term, but I found a really good succinct definition for it on the internet. So we're going to trust it. But 
we're going to define generationalism as the belief or idea that somebody's age indicates how they will behave within a setting or situation. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. And obviously we have the, well, some places would call us Gen Z. I consider myself a millennial. I don't know if Ely does. She's only one. I do too. I actually, it's so weird because I literally like, I, I forgot, like it wasn't, I mean, I didn't forget that we were doing this, but like, it wasn't in my mind at the time. And my coworkers, like, we're just talking about, we were just talking about like the differences, like my, one of my coworkers, actually two of the people in that conversation are like millennials, like right in the heart, in the thick of it, like late eighties babies. So they're like hardcore millennials. And they, I came into the meeting and they were like, what a Gen Z. And I was like, <laughs> ah. I feel like that doesn't define me because <laughs> like then, um I showed you that like chart that they were looking at and like a lot of the stuff for like Gen Z I could kind of resonated with but like mostly the millennial stuff I resonated with so I feel like I'm more millennial well it's interesting because it seems like like the boomers and Gen Z are pretty well defined and then people aren't sure where the line is between millennial and Gen Z um my mom you clearly identify as a boomer right yes because i don't think gen x started for like another four or five years after you were born right right okay so yes i think a good place to start um obviously mom you and i did like a little preliminary outlining discussion over the weekend just to make sure we had our ducks in a row um But I know one thing we talked about is like the number one thing that, because I I was kind of probing your brain in terms of what bothers you about our generation or Gen Zers, um, mainly because I know that you're not a, you're not a stereotypically like grumpy or a hateful boomer in a way that a lot of them tend to be. So I was curious about the thing that like annoyed you or bothered you the most in your brain about us. And you told me that it was when phones become a physical nuisance or an annoyance. Do you want to elaborate more on that? Yeah, it's like when I'm with a millennial person, their focus is on their phone instead of me in person. And whether it's playing games, whether it's texting, whether it's browsing, it's frustrating. Because as a boomer, I want to connect with you in person and not electronically. It's like when my birthday was this weekend, you didn't text me, you called me. That means millions to me. If you had texted me, that's what I would stereotype as a typical millennial of today. Because texting is easier than calling and dealing with the emotion. It's true. So you 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 have a negative opinion about like um, the the sort of distance that devices like phones create. Because I know that when we were talking earlier, you also mentioned like physically it can become a barrier when you're in the store or something, and someone's glued to their phone. Yes. And you can't get around them or something like that. Yep. Or sitting at dinner, and I'm not getting your full attention because it's glued to the phone yeah Yeah. um I feel like when we grew up we were like right we had like a good balance between like a lot of our childhood phones like weren't really like a thing like a cell phone wasn't something that you like carried around with you at all times it was like oh I'm gonna leave the house let me grab my cell phone or something and then like once we got a little bit older like cell phones became smarter so they were like with us always and so like we had a rule at my house where we weren't allowed to have any like electronic devices in at the table because we would all sit down and eat for dinner together and we weren't allowed to bring anything electronic and if we did it was like go put that in your room or go put it away put it on the table like I it's just interesting how like we had to adapt the way that we do things because we were able to because like that's just how society grew whereas like I feel like kids growing up now like this is something that's always like smartphones have always been a thing for them so it's just it's it's interesting even just seeing how different it is for us than it is for people that are still technically like gen z 
but they're just younger. And there were no cell phones for me when I was growing up. Yeah, well, that's that's what I find interesting. And we we can we can get into this more in a little bit when it comes to social media, but just this idea of things that exist now that did not exist when you were growing up or when uh, Gen Xers were growing up and how that access just changes behavior, um, changes attitudes. So it's funny because I remember you also brought up the fact that you're, you're clearly not anti-phone and you're not anti-social media. You've adapted to it and you use it all the time, right? Yes. Yeah. I know you're a big Facebook fan. Yes. And, and listener, she even has a Snapchat. My mom snaps me from time to time and I snap her back. <laughs> She's very hip. I'm just laughing because that's always like a thing. Oh, Debbie Snapchatted me. And we're like, ah. it's true. I'm reaching out for any opportunity to connect with you, whether it's Snapchat, texting, Facebook, whatever. I, I realized that uh, talking over the phone is not going to work always for you. So yeah, I connect to all those other avenues just so I can connect to you somehow, some way. I'm adapting. We appreciate that because I think a lot of like other boomers would be like, not even, I'm not even going to try and figure this out. I'm not even going to try and do it. But it's like, yeah, like if you can meet someone halfway, it right. can make your relationship all the better. Like it seems like you've got Snapchat pretty down pat. Like you guys talk all the time on Snapchat. Not that Zach only Snapchats his mom. However, Right. Their conversation on Snapchat. <laughs> Thank you. Um, maybe you should make a TikTok. <gasps> me? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you'll have to teach me. I don't know. TikTok. Well, Her face when you said that was like. the wild side of the world to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, let's talk about that more actually. Because I, okay. I, and not to draw too much on the mini discussion my mom and I had listeners, I did not have an off air discussion that went super long, but we just needed to lay the foundation. So I'm drawing mm-hmm. from that. But mom, you mentioned how specifically with TikTok, you feel like um, it's cool for millennials and Gen Z to use it, but that you felt like if you were to start one or if you were to like do the dances and stuff that you would be told you were uncool. And that came across as like potentially ageist for you. And I want to explore that because I find that really interesting, actually. Yeah. Yeah. It's because it's like we talked about music on the radio. And even though it's your music, I would be jamming out and you'd be saying, oh, my God, mom, stop, stop. But I was just trying to be cool to meet up with you as a millennial. And I, I feel Let bad. Let the record show it is Zach's fault. It's Zach's fault that his mom won't go on TikTok. Seriously. Mom. Isn't he the worst? Say something nice about me. I love you. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. I know. Um, so, no, okay. I did acknowledge what'd you say i raised you right oh thank you okay um (laughs) i i I did acknowledge that um i felt bad for that because it is something i've done where it's like mom what are you doing like with your little dancing because it's just crazy but i'm also recognizing that like you're probably put in this bind that is enforced by millennial gen z's discourse of like we're constantly telling you and not you specifically, but like boomers, Gen Xers, whatever, we're constantly telling older people that like they're uncool and they don't get it. But then when you guys do try to make that leap to participate, I could see where it's like, okay, well, what do you expect me to do? Because when that happens, stuff like that happens where even, you know, me, like your own son, I'm like, what are you doing? You know? So that must be a weird place to be in. It is, especially when you're jamming out and I start to jam with you and you go, oh my God, mom, stop. Everybody <laughs> can see us. Well, it's well, like no. for you, but not okay for me. And I'm trying to fit in with you to be cool and communicate. 
Kate with you. Oh, shit, now I feel really bad. It's <laughs> just a piece of flaming <laughs> You don't do that to Nancy or John? Well, yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. I feel like that's something that we as like young people can't really understand like how it can be perceived by our parents because we're not parents and it's like vice versa. Like you don't know how it feels when your parents are like jamming out to something and it's like, ah my dad stop well I <laughs> my mom is currently dancing for the camera she looks fantastic interesting little mime dance you're doing <laughs> <laughs> that's what I do oh maybe we should rec- start recording video for this podcast because we're missing stuff like this oh I'll be dance <laughs> It looks like you're about to hit us. Okay, that was kind of good though. That was good. Oh shit. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Moving on. <laughs> um cheers. <laughs> so I told me I could have one glass. I I you know what? He even asked me. He said, you know what would be really fun? <laughs> It's the biggest glass I could find. Oh, dear Lord. Please be careful. Let's, <laughs> let's hurry. Driving. Yes. Let's hurry this along before we really lose her. Um, <laughs> oh, I got a pouty face. Ooh. We need to start recording video. Anyway, not, not this time, but we'll consider it in the future. <laughs> anyway. Um, so uh, another point we can move into. This is also something you brought up, mom. Do you think that there's jealousy in boomers like do you think there's a lingering jealousy that perhaps they're you know they're envious of what we have today or her excuse me or if oh i'm about to get reamed go ahead say Say it don't burp okay i'm sorry burp or fart while your mother's here (laughs) okay we'll see if i leave it in um (laughs) anyway do you do you do you believe that there's a jealousy or an envy in boomers and older generations of younger generations and how uh, they perceive that we have it easier or the things we have like social media? What do you think about that? Yeah, I think that we have a tendency to look at all the technology you have now versus what I had as a child and there were no cell phones, there were no video games, there was no texting there was no snapchat there wasn't any of that but it was a good life for us you know i had to be home before the street lights came on and so when i see everything you all have available to you now i think yeah there's a little bit of jealousy that i didn't have that growing up and when you look at what i what my limited choices were growing up, you go, oh my God, how did you survive? But yeah, I think I think that's part of our frustration as boomers that looking at everything you have now in today's world versus what I did or didn't have. I, well, I think the interesting thing about that is that there's still lots of like young people on the internet that will say things like, oh, I was born in the wrong generation or like, oh, I wish we could go back to a time when there were no phones and like <laughs> things like that. And it's like, we have, we don't have as nearly as many obstacles as y'all had literally just because of the fact that we have a, a telephone with us wherever we go. And the fact that like, we don't like the fact that we can just contact each other within a matter of seconds. Like there are so many hurdles that we don't have to go through, like go over because of like the technology that we've had. And the fact that even still a lot of young people wish that we didn't have that is just like really strange to me. I mean, I personally, because I'm a black person would never say, I wish I was born whatever decade or I was born in the wrong time. (laughs) But like people say it all the time and it's like, huh? (laughs) Well, I think it's interesting that you brought up like the, it is easier for us. I think the day-to-day, I guess, existence is easier because we have easier access to a lot of things that just, it just makes life easier to live you know like the internet 
smart devices, even like healthier foods, you know, like the things that are available at the grocery store have, Mm -hmm. I'm sure like quadrupled from what existed back in the sixties or the seventies, um, things like that. However, I think on a larger scale, um, and this is why personally I get frustrated when older generations, they go to that easy place where they're like, oh, your lives are so much easier, but like on a grander scale, they're not like, we're essentially, we're dealing with the things that have been left for us by older generations that did nothing about it. And of course I'm making generalizations, um, but I think we're finding ourselves in this place with, for instance, like climate change or the economy or even like higher education. We're being, we're, we're finding ourselves saddled with these things that are so big and have kind of been ignored and now we have to deal with them, but we don't have the power to deal with them. Um, and, and granted, a lot of this is on politicians that don't do shit and care more about money than their constituents. But yeah, it does suck like living with this looming threat of climate change, thinking like, I have to be honest, I don't know if Ely feels this way, but I do sometimes think like, it's hard for me to envision a peaceful future. Like it's hard to me envision you know, retiring in the traditional sense, because I honestly don't know what state the world is going to be in, in like 50 years. Oh yeah. Well, it's like, there's that running joke. Like I can't wait for my anxiety about the pandemic to be over so I can go back to being anxious about the climate crisis because it's true. It's very real for us. Like it's really scary to think that like, we might not make it to the age that you guys have. And then it's like for people like our parents and our grandparents to just like dismiss our like fears and anxieties over something as big as the climate crisis as just us being like the radical left or whatever, or just like, like, it's so hard for me. I try and get my parents. I, I, I talked about this in the last episode, but like, I have tried to get my parents to switch to more like sustainable household items. And for them, it's like, why would I do that when I could just use this disposable thing? And it's like, don't get it but it's because it wasn't a fear for you guys but because of that now it's a fear for us yeah it's also kind of a paradox because now that social media exists it's way way easier for literally everybody's voice to be heard so it's like that I I think that's a really awesome thing about social media but it, it also just we have to acknowledge for instance like readily being able to look up and hear about and get everyone's opinions on something like climate change or police brutality or um, wealth inequality or anything like that. Like we're getting so much more of it than I'm assuming like a typical young person in the seventies would. Cause essentially your only outlet is newspaper and television. Am I right, mom? Right. Yeah. So all of this intake of information through social media, it's great in that it, it, it does have the potential to educate. It obviously also has the potential to alienate and propagate and all those things. Yeah. But it does kind of like raise anxiety levels because you're just hearing more about it. You know, like your, your, it's ever present awareness. Um, So I almost, I wonder if, I don't know, because I'm thinking back to like, obviously mom, when you were a teenager in that span of time or when you were just a young person in general, you know, there was the Vietnam War, Watergate, like all these things you had like women's lib. So you did have a lot of shit going on, but social media didn't exist. So it was relatively confined to like the news. Would you like to, to, well, how did you hear about the, how do you remember taking in all these news and information and how that happened? Through the newspaper or through my parents, you know, like there was a gas shortage and I'd either overhear my parents talking about it or I would read it in the local newspaper. So you were, you were essentially, you only had one viewpoint on these massive political events and that was your parents because you had nothing else as an outlet, which is interesting to me because a lot of parents now wonder like, um, oh, like, where did I go wrong? My kid has all these thoughts. I'm thinking this, but it's like, we have so many more outlets now for information and education and they're thinking about it in terms of like they did something wrong because they got all their information and learned it from their parents because that's all there was that's it their parents and like their friends yeah exactly so I, i i do know that when we were talking the other day you brought up this concept of 
shame because because of that idea of like, oh, where did we go wrong? Like, oh, the youth have been led astray, which I know to, to some extent has been, excuse me, has been a, a thing for a long time. Like just this idea of like, oh, the youth, they're being led astray. But particularly now with this huge culture war that's going on between the right and the left and, and all of that, that mindset of, oh, we've done something wrong to make the younger generations get this way. You brought up the word shame because it stems from that sense of failure that the boomers and Gen Xers have saddled. Do you want to elaborate more on that? I know it's hard for you because you feel like you raised just a perfect kid and I'm not ashamed. And- <laughs> yeah, I felt I raised you right. And then there are certain things Sorry, I just love the, I felt I raised you right, dot, dot, dot. (laughs) But then. (laughs) But then there are certain things you do that make me feel like I taught you better. (laughs) And, but what you did is actually socially correct. Can you give an example? Yeah, can you elaborate on that? Because that's actually really interesting. Podcast and the type of language used. Oh, yes. I just got a mini lecture on this over the weekend. (laughs) Because I think that you limited your crowd to people that would think the language you used was cool. And I told you, but I'm a listener. And even though I'm your mom, I didn't appreciate some of the terms of language that were used so I'm like I thought I raised him to be more polite than that even though the things that you you all said is socially acceptable in today's world it's like generational context I guess you could say like yeah yeah well let's be clear she's talking about the f word yeah Uh, (laughs) But I see, I, when you were telling me this and I didn't mean this out of disrespect, but I remember telling you like, uh, because you, you framed it to me in the context of like a tip and I was like, okay, it's probably not going to (laughs) change just because because, like that's, and we can elaborate more on this, but that's something where it's like not even on my brain, like not even an issue. That's just something I took as a given, like growing up, like I'm an adult now, I've been an adult for years and I'm like, okay, me using language, not, especially when I'm not directing it at someone like as an insult to their face, when I'm just using it to discuss, I guess, everyday life. And, and in a way that I believe is not in excess, I never thought like, oh, that would be an issue. And, and then again, like you never, I mean, obviously when I was like younger, younger, it was different, but you didn't raise me in a household where you were like, if you say, damn, you're grounded (laughs) for a week, you know, that wasn't a thing. So it has to do with socialization, but it also has to do with just this general idea of, I personally, like I'm all for deformalization. I think society is too formal in a way that can be really crushing. Um, And I think language is part of that. So when I hear like, oh, and I'm not talking necessarily about you, mom, but I, but you told me that you didn't feel comfortable recommending the podcast to some of your friends because of that language. See, I hear that. And I'm like, that's their problem. It's not my problem to dictate what makes them comfortable. Cause I'm not harming anyone. I'm not being harmful. You know what I mean? No. I'm interested to what, <laughs> well, I'm interested to hear what Ely has to say about this. Um, I think it's just, <sighs> Cause I, cause, okay. So your reasoning is because like you grew up in a household where it wasn't like extremely taboo to like use these words, but I feel like I kind of did like my brother and I were very, very careful. Like if we use those words as a younger people, it was like never around my parents. I think one time I asked, I was talking to my mom. She's going to listen to this and she's going to be like, what? But one time I was, this is how I know Hi, sometimes Nancy. my mom, no, this is how I know sometimes my mom is not listening to me. I was telling her a story and I accidentally said out loud to my mom, something, something, fuck that bitch. And she lit, I know. And she literally went, oh yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was like, 
<laughs> like I I had to like stop and like wait for her to react and she never did and I was like wow thank god she's not listening to me <laughs> so like I grew up in that house and still like those words are part of my regular vernacular and I sometimes still try I mean I definitely try and censor myself around my parents still but now I'm a little bit looser and it's not the worst thing in the world but like I still do get like weird about it but at the same time like you said like for me at this point like I know there are I at this point like I know there are so many people where like that is a part of our regular vernacular and now that I think about it it's just like mostly younger people like in a more lax setting it's just like how we talk but yeah, I wouldn't expect a, an older person to listen to this podcast and be comfortable. <laughs> like, I feel like that's part of why we're doing it is to just like be more authentic as like millennials and as adults, but also young adults. I don't know. It's kind of, it is, it's, in, it's interesting. Yeah. Well, I think also my mom, she really let me, I would say once I entered high school, you know, you let me watch rated our films, play M-rated games. I remember Ooh. mom did me a solid, once I had a car, I did not have a curfew because she trusted me. So I had no curfew. There were some nights I got home at like two, as long oh, as I told her where I was. What? Yeah, I know. Hi. Yeah. Are you kidding? One time I came home at 12 p.m. or 12 a.m. <laughs> and I was literally at a restaurant with my theater friends and my dad was sitting in the kitchen with his arms crossed, tapping his foot. I opened the door and I was like, oh, and he was like, do you know what time it is? <laughs> I was, he knew where I was. I was literally a block away from our house at a restaurant. You know how like theater kids go to a restaurant? Oh, I know. Yeah. That's what we were doing. I was out at those too. Where, where are you? <laughs> yeah, no, mom, she never gave me a curfew. So I felt like the reins were relatively loose because of that trust. And it, it's like, I don't know. I, I know that everyone's like built different, but I felt like those sorts of things educated me and helped me become more independent and learn in that way. So it's like, I know, and I know my mom knows this. I would never like in terms of language, I don't go around calling people like names or yelling obscenities at them. I only <laughs> use it. She's covering her ears. I promise. I only use it in the context of like these podcasts, you know, being like, you know, oh, that fucking sucks. Cause it does. Yeah. And it's when just it's like, like, when I'm angry about something, I like to just like be authentically angry or be authentically excited yeah. or whatever, you know? Yeah. And I think we can parlay this into a discussion about expression of sexuality, which I think is really interesting. And I think it's actually the bulk of what mom and I uh, breezed over over the weekend. And I actually used uh, the WAP video as a touch point for this, just because it grew, it drew, it drew so much ire from a lot of boomer older generations and especially in the media. And I know that that highlighted it, but I was trying mm -hmm. to talk to you about this mom. Uh, and it doesn't seem like you have, you had much of an opinion on the content again, cause you're super cool and open-minded. Yeah. Um, but it is frustrating and I'm not a, I'm not a woman, so I don't put too much stake in like how I feel personally about this. So Ely's got that corner covered, but it does frustrate <laughs> me in general. And I, I tried to, uh, mom doesn't know what this is. Cause I asked her about it, but like, you know, Lil Nas X's new video, it's the mm -hmm. same deal. It's just like outrage over ex oh my like God. explicit sexuality. And it's like, it's not hurting anybody. I know. Well, and the thing is there are, there's like literally been a mass shooting every single day this week. And like, that's what, that the thing is like, that's what people are worried about. And like, that's what they're talking about in churches. And it's like, no, this is the wrong problems. I think part of it is that like, maybe, I don't know, this is probably, this is definitely a question for Debbie, but like, is it that like, because we feel that it's okay for us to freely express ourselves like sexually or like in any other type of way through our personal choices of art, like because society has evolved to the point where we feel like we can do that and it's okay. Like, is that where the reaction is coming from? Or is it just like cringy to see people who represent like your children or your children's age group doing stuff that seems very adult? Like that's, that's like the only thing I can think of. <laughs> it's more like, we obviously grew up in different times. We don't have the technology then 
that there is now. For example, when my son farts or burps, I I thought <laughs> to be respectful of others by saying, excuse me, or not doing it at all. So, um, but now in today's society, it's acceptable for that to happen. <laughs> and yeah. Okay, let's recenter this on on specifically. <laughs> I get it. You don't like my farts or burps. I will work on it. I will work on it. Oh um, I'm not going to cut you out. Let's recenter this back on sexuality in particular. Okay. Because um, you know what I'm talking about. Just for the listener's reference, my mom and I listened to WAP while we were hanging ornaments on the Christmas tree last year. Yeah. So she knows the song. Correct. and she, I don't know if you've seen the video, but you know the lyrics of the song. Yeah. How does that make you feel as a boomer? How did you, what, how did you react to it initially? I know you danced a little bit because I was there. Yes, a little bit. All right. Come on. <laughs> but it was confusing. It was conflicting. I needed you to explain it to me. Even but, though I had the beat worth dancing to. <laughs> but the vulgarity of it. Um, the vulgarity it, was outrageous but then you explained to me that it is what it is today so that's because you're open-minded and cool but a lot of boomers are like we're so (laughs) outraged by that um and I'm just curious as to why it might be a religious thing I don't know um because a lot of you know, obviously we know that religion rates are falling through the generations. Like I think Gen Z, it's almost down to like, what, less than 5%? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I think, I think it is. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I, I feel like that's a difficult number to get because a lot of Gen Z is still like underage, I guess you could say. And I feel like a lot of people grow up religious because like your parents are religious. So I'm interested to see if it keeps falling. <laughs> I don't know. We, like I said, we're living in a huge culture war right now that I think Trump really helped to foster, um, to stoke the fires of. And I, it seems to me that popular media, specifically music, specifically music, because I think musical artists are often the ones pushing the boundaries in terms of language or sexuality. I'm just starting to wonder, and this kind of goes back to like, is it, cyclical this idea of like oh those rotten youth um and and i i actually mom i'm wondering if you experienced this uh and i don't want to put words into your mouth but i'm thinking back to like when rock and roll first started being a thing as you know as we hear it all today their parents were like oh what is this devil music like these rotten kids and it's those same kids that are now saying like what is this whack, these rotten kids? So I'm interesting how you feel about that if you believe in that. In regards to music? Yeah, let's let's be specific and focus on music for now. Um, it, just this idea that- When it comes to music, I'm shocked at the lyrics because I listen to your music with you and it's a repetitive vulgarity. There's no- plot there's no story to the music which is what I grew up with there was always a story to every song and an emotion to every song and when I listen to the music of a millennial like you verses that are vulgar and have no meaning or story that's interesting actually um because I I do I've noticed yeah that like before music was really like a sing was more like a storyline like it followed a singular storyline and now it's more of just like an idea and it is, it is a little repetitive but it is interesting how to us it's almost like empowering to find some enjoyment in like repeated vulgarity but also the fact that we see music maybe as just something to listen to I mean obviously everybody interprets art differently but I feel like songs like WAP where it's just like repetitive vulgar and like uh graphic 
some, you know, things it's like, it's fine. Cause like, it's just music and it's fun. And it's like, I don't know. It's a little funny. I don't know. It's just like, to us, I think it's like, we don't care because to us it's like, oh, it's not that serious. It's just, it's just a song or like whatever. I think also because we've been put in a world where like, there are so many other things to be concerned about for us listening to WAP is like, sure. <laughs> yeah. I was just, I was actually just going to say that I was thinking about this. I think to some extent we revel in the chaos of media because the real life media, like news media and actual events that are happening in the world are chaotic enough. So when we get like a ridiculous ass song about two women just saying ridiculous things about their vaginas, it's like, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's just- All right, so, let's it's, do it. It's so, that's, why, <laughs> that's why it became such a big thing, I think, is just the, the ridiculousness of it. Um, and, and I think it's funny because I think more closed-minded boomers since they just assume that everything's like that you know what I mean yeah like obviously we also listen to music that's not like that and we do listen to music that has a story and has like some body to it but like sometimes it's fun to just listen to stuff that's not just to get you through the day because we almost have to (laughs) yeah because I think I let's I mean let's just acknowledge this both sides and and I'm going to group when I say older, I guess I'm referring to boomer and Gen X. And when I say younger, I mean millennials and Gen Z. We both have stereotypes of each other. Right. Like, mom, what are you, when you think of millennial, what are some of the stereotypes that come to your mind? Like negative stereotypes? Vulgarity. Um, that's probably the biggest thing, vulgarity. Because it's like when I listen to your music, it's very repetitive in lines and it's very vulgar. And, and you even tell me, mom, you're bebopping this song and you don't even know what they're saying or meaning. I'm just following the beat. And then when you tell me what the words are, I'm like, holy crap. What? I bleeped out my own message. But with my songs from my time, there's a story and they don't mention any vulgarity. So, and and I'm so, I'm thinking, okay, I raised you in this simple world, but it's turned into this different world that adds vulgarity to it where I told you, I taught you vulgarity was not acceptable. But I understand in a millennial world, it is. It's not as hurtful or meaning to me, but I think that it does to you all. And I think that's because I'm a parent and I thought I raised you better, but you've just blended into what's acceptable of the millennial stage. Yeah. So, but like outside of, outside of music consumption, do you have any stereotypes in your brain that stick out? So like, for instance, I mean, we can go first when it comes to older generations, but I, the number one thing I go to is that they're just closed-minded and they sit in comfort with their, um, they're just comfortable. And I, I look upon that negatively because I'm like, you guys are so comfortable for the most part, obviously there are exceptions. And I don't always mean economically comfortable, but just comfortable, content. content. And it's like, and then they take issue with the things we enjoy or the things we do. Do I just don't get it. Like, I don't understand how, um, I don't know, like Miss Mary living in her suburban home with her husband of 30 years, whose two kids are like uh, out at college. I don't understand why she has any right to have an issue with like, me going to peacefully protest or me thinking that like WAP is a dope song. Like what is, what is her, why does she get to have that opinion? Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, I just feel like there's a lot of negativity among older generations and for what? like, I don't know where that energy is coming from. Um, so that's the first thing that comes to my mind. I don't know about Ely. No, that. I would think that holds true. I think like I, I'm the type of person that always tries to like 
dig deeper to find an explanation. And I feel like maybe the older generations get upset when we challenge the things that currently exist because they're things that they've built and that like societal rules, I guess you could say that they lay down. And so for us to come and be like, this is all broken and this is all messed up is like a shock for them. And like, that's where that initial anger comes from. But I don't know if that's true. I don't know if like, that's actually that's, a really good point. If that's how they think, but I, I agree that that's what I immediately associate older generations with is that like comfort and then like disgust for people that want to challenge their comfort, even if it's harm, like, even if it's harming other people. I'm thinking that it all goes back in generations of what makes us what we were in the boomers. But for me, I just have become open-minded because my parents weren't. And so whenever you wanted to go do a protest, I was like, make good choices, let you know what obstacles or dangers you might encounter, stay in touch with me and do what you feel you need to do to support a cause. Not all people are like that or not all parents are like that, but that's because of their upbringing. And so I'm doing the opposite of my upbringing because I didn't believe that that was a successful way of raising, if that makes sense. It does make sense. Yeah, so we do have a couple more things we should touch on. Um, I did want to circle back to social media because that is kind of like the elephant in the room in terms of what I believe connects all of this, like as, as single-handedly the thing that we younger generations have that older generations have not had. And it really has changed everything. And it's, it's, I'm kind of leaning on you, mom, to talk more about this because Ely and I have like literally, we don't have context for this. Like, I, I guess I vaguely remember um, pre-middle school when we didn't have phone snapchats or whatever like I, I do vaguely remember that but you know pretty much like as soon as I hit sixth seventh grade I remember like getting a Facebook getting a phone where I could text like having those things available to me and obviously those tools have evolved vastly since I was um uh, 10 and 11 years old but I am interested to hear about the context from your side mom how that's changed your life just in terms of socializing and connection because we don't have that context you mean versus not having it as i was growing up to now yes now there being a mother there's so many opportunities for me to connect with you whether it's snapchat email, texting, phone calls. There's so many avenues for me to connect with you and I'm thrilled with it. Growing up, there wasn't all of that. And so I guess my parents relied on honesty. They relied on a lot of non-conventional ways to check in on me. So I love technology as it is. And actually, I'm probably pretty glad it wasn't existing when I was growing up. But it is a wonderful thing for me as a parent now, because there's so many ways for me to connect and follow with you. Well, yeah, it's, it is, it's interesting that you say you're glad it wasn't a thing, because I, I do think uh, we, it's so easily traceable to link social media to a lot of horrible things that have happened with our generation. You could link a lot of suicides, uh, teenage suicides to social media. Um, you can link body dysmorphia to social media. You can even link some uh, school shootings to social media. Yeah. Um, now, obviously social media has a lot of positives, but I do frequently wonder like, I mean, people can make the easy argument all they want and say that like it's a choice for you not to have it but at the same time it's such a 
it's just such a given now in our culture. Um, it's, it's such a given and like, you can make a personal choice to not have um, anything or not have a certain thing. Like I don't have an Instagram because I don't personal, I don't see a personal use for that. But in terms of using social media, I don't think, I think it'd be hard pressed to find someone under the age of 25 who doesn't have any presence online because it's just so omnipresent well and like sorry (laughs) well and like me like I'm just thinking of how crazy it is that like social media is literally my job and like that's why I like it is because like social like social media has grown so much since like my first like I remember I made my my Facebook account in like 09 or something like that like I was in like sixth grade. I, I don't remember exactly what year it was, but it had to have been like no later than 2010. And just like seeing how social media back then was just like, oh, here's how you can connect with people that you went to school with. They're like, oh, here's how you can post pictures from family vacation to like seeing how big it is and how honestly, how essential it's becoming to just like running a business or like having an organization. Like it's so interesting to me. So I'm, I feel like lucky that I get to be a part of the continuous growth, but it's like thinking back, like, wow, this is literally a career path that you could have (laughs) social media. I think social media, particularly Facebook, because Facebook, I think is the, at least in theory, like the sort of all ages. Well, that's complicated because I know you and I are, (laughs) you and I are outliers. Let's be honest on, on like younger people under 25 who I would say frequently use it. We're Um, kind of, we're kind of outliers. (laughs) Yes. I would say 100% Facebook is not used by like actual young people. Sometimes I forget that like, I'm not really technically young people anymore. Like we are, but also there's a whole, no, 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 we are, but also there's a whole group of like functioning humans who are dictating society, like that are younger than us, like significantly younger than us. So it is weird, but like younger people, I would say 100% are not on Facebook. (laughs) And like, I think it's so fun. Like I am a part of like Facebook groups and I'm like, (laughs) I love my Facebook group, but like pitching those ideas to my colleagues and they're like, okay but yeah it's it's complicated (laughs) i know mom is a big fan of facebook yeah (laughs) well it's a way to communicate with (laughs) friends that are not local and keep up with their past my school buddies from way back yeah i love facebook for that reason well Well, that's like i guess truly what it was made for so right well, this is what I think is funny is um, even like the most hardcore close-minded boomers, they still love Facebook. They love Facebook. Facebook is like oh the God. the great the great emancipator. Everyone is like, we just love Facebook. We oh love Facebook so we can connect with friends we never see or talk to. <laughs> sure. <laughs> we see what's going on no matter where they are. I love it. I love it. Facebook, honestly, I have a love-hate relationship with Facebook just because of like Facebook as a platform and Facebook as like a business entity. (laughs) That's a whole other thing. I don't like Facebook as a business entity, but as a platform, it's like, it's functional and it's fun sometimes. Um, But yeah, it's interesting for me to see like how our audience like at work difference, like differs from Facebook to Instagram like we will post something about the election and it's like, it'll be radio dead silent on Instagram. And then Facebook, we get all kinds of comments from like older people saying that we're like communists or like (laughs) (laughs) all kinds of, I could, I could spend a whole podcast just doing a dramatic reading of hate comments on some of our political ads, but it's just interesting. <laughs> I think that would be great, actually. Exhausted by hate comments. That could be really funny. Uh, cut the check. Let, write it down. Let's. <laughs> what? What? Our fifteen dollar check from our sponsor. Who is our mom? Sponsor? Did you, mom? Did you hear about this? We no. got we got approached. We got approached with the sponsorship offer, but 
it has to be we have to get a thousand listens on an episode and the most we've gotten is like 102 and we get 15 dollars per a thousand listens <laughs> it's well, like I nothing followed, i i followed y'all today so oh just today i need to do to be a listener to increase your support if we started a patreon would you donate to our patreon do you know what that is absolutely that's a stupid question uh, 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 do, do you even know what Patreon is, Mom? Be honest. Yeah, it's a podcast form, isn't it? No. Uh, it's it's like a place for creators. If we started, basically, like, it's a way to make money from what you're doing. Oh. So, so you could charge, like, you could charge your Patreon, your patrons, like, a dollar a month. And they base, that's, like, their way of supporting you. Okay. So how do you send that message out to everybody? Well, we haven't started one yet, but it's just like, maybe in the future, if our audience grows, we shall see. Uh, Oh, sorry, mom. Love you. Zachary Tyler. (laughs) No, don't go that way with me. That's what my mom would say to me when I was little. Well, I'm saying it now. No more burping. I thought this would be a burp-free, fart-free session. I haven't farted yet. I can <laughs> no, if you want me you're to. Not, you're oh. not, no, you're not doing it at all. We've already discussed this. Okay. Well, <laughs> okay, well, I know that my mom is probably feeling a little tired, and I'm actually feeling a little tired. So there's a couple of things I wanted to touch on before we wrap it up. Um, the first thing is something that Ely actually wrote on our outline right at the end, which I think is a really good set of questions. So I'm gonna let her introduce it. Well, I was actually looking at something that was like listing slang term, popular slang terms from each generation. No, not that and- one. Next page, honey. Okay, but this that's like a good thing to like actually end on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm talking about like the 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 what can we do to make you know the what can we do <laughs> questions. I think we should ask that and then end on the slang. No, I think we should slang first, laugh, and then end on like a more positive, serious, uh, moving forward action item type of note. (coughs) Interesting. Oh, okay. Okay, sure. Okay. So for comedy reasons, I would love to hear what like slang that you've heard is your favorite from millennials. And then maybe Zach and I can share some of our favorite old slang, if we know any. (laughs) A slang? About millennials? No, like a slang that we, uh, sl- slang terms that we use. Is there any that like you actually like and you think are funny? No, because they're vulgar. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mom. Okay, maybe we don't end on the comedy. Are you kidding? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing? Like not even like, I don't know, like OMG or... Or louder. Uh, those are acronyms, I guess. Nothing. Acronyms, but slangs. Whatever slang y'all have has vulgarity in it. That's not true. Okay. You know. So give me some examples <laughs> of slangs. Okay. <laughs> like everybody's coughing and sneezing. God damn. Sorry, I'm gonna sneeze. I know. <laughs> Mom, drink some water. <laughs> oh. Thank you for showing us. Oh, Ely said, what is happening? Everybody's getting sick. I'm sorry. I'm going to do it again. Oh, my God. <laughs> my, Jesus Christ. What is happening? This is chaotic. Those women are, are all choked up. <laughs> Ely. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What is happening? Wait, it's gonna happen again. I'm gonna do it again. Hold Jesus Christ. (laughs) Mom, are you okay? (laughs) Ely sneezing on mute. I'm just here sitting silent, waiting for all this to be over. Wait, one more. Dear dear Lord. (laughs) Oh, okay. I think I'm done too. God damn. Okay. Sorry. Everybody's okay. over here like <laughs> you, know, you want to know slang terms that bother me with a millennial. No, we want to know if there's any you like. Like, you know, like okay, for instance, 
you know, one of the things, listeners, that makes my mom super cool is she watches Drag Race with me. Mom, on Drag Race, they have slang all the time. Like, you know, they're like, oh, work or slay. Yes. Like, those are all slangs I think you could attribute to the younger generation. Sorry. I think of more slangs that are negative. Like like what? Get over it. No, that no, that's just Zach. That's one hundred percent just. Are Zach. you kidding me? That he says that all the time. Right, right. Or, um, don't make any more of it than what it is. What are you talking about? That's not slang. Like to hear. <laughs> that's not slang. Now y'all are just harping on me and what I say. <laughs> Uh, oh my god stop. We, we, we started with zach slander and now it looks like we're going to be ending with zach, ending slander. With zach slander yeah okay we're moving on from the slang and we said, yeah. <laughs> okay i can ask my my good question my good question so what do you think is something that young people can do better to make connecting with older generations feel easier and feel less like ageist and exclusive less vulgarity Jesus Christ, <laughs> we're going back to the damn vulgarity. Seriously. We should change this to be exhausted by vulgarity. <laughs> because millennials are free with speech, and I wasn't free with speech growing up. I thought I taught my own millennial to be better with speech. And when it's F, this, and Oh, you mean fuck this? Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> yeah, I'm like shocked that that's acceptable in the millennial world. Yeah, it's pretty fucking awesome, isn't it? No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> or to burp and fart and think that's acceptable. <laughs> I guess about Debbie's beef with her kid. <laughs> yeah, I love how I was like hoping we would get to some grand philosophical heights, but I think what we've learned today is my mom does not like vulgarity, guys. Yeah. She does not like vulgarity, but she loves Facebook. <laughs> That is, I, I would say to sum up, <laughs> yes, that's exactly, that covers everything very nice. She also loves me, even though she doesn't think I should burp or fart ever again. Did you know if I hold my farts in, mom, I could explode? I read that That somewhere. is not true. You can hold them. I'd like to see you prove that. You want to see me explode? Yeah. <laughs> mom. <laughs> I don't get you. <laughs> this is so fun. God damn. We need to bring Nancy up in here so that we can have a Ely Slayer. Oh, yeah. Bring Nancy up board. We have a blast. (laughs) Or is Nancy too virtuous to slander her daughter? Um, Nancy would never slander her. (laughs) But not because she's virtuous, because I am perfect. Sure. Both on at the same time. Oh, God. Yeah, our, our next episode will be exhausted by our children, hosted by our moms. And we're oh, I, w- I was going to say exhausted by our parents, hosted by us. <laughs> Mom, what are you doing? <laughs> okay, well. Is it time to say have a good night? <laughs> yeah, we're going to wrap this up. But what? Have a good night. Oh, that sounded threatening but i kind of love it i need you to cut that so that that like cut it and bump (laughs) that to the very very end of our podcast and that needs to be it like if you don't do that i'm suing okay hold on (laughs) mom you're waving goodbye but we're not done yet um (laughs) (laughs) what we're gonna do is we're gonna say our goodbyes and then we're gonna stop recording but don't leave the call okay 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 so yes (laughs) to wrap this all up uh this is uh, thank you for coming mom thank you for being a part of our fit yeah episode. actually though yeah. thank you for listening to us and to helping us understand the um boomer mindset you somewhat understand oh. i definitely understand my mom's mindset <laughs> <laughs> been interesting for sure
Oh, that was loaded. <laughs> Did you have it a good time? Was. <laughs> Great time. Oh, good. We're Sounds glad. Big. That's all we ever I'm hope for is that our guests have a good time. Yes. Is it? Uh, yeah. I hope to not be accosted on my own podcast. Well, uh, <laughs> you were the one that said, you know, who would be a great guest? My mom. And I oh, didn't argue with you. And you you're know right. What? She was a great guest. You're right. Yeah. Say that again. Say that again so that she knows. I said my mom would be a great guest because I love mom. Okay. What do you want from me? <laughs> <laughs> I want you to. God damn. I love this episode. This is fun. I don't even know what to say about that. I just want to be left to fart and burp in peace. No. Well, then on that note, have a good night, Zach. Wait, I feel a toot coming. No. Okay, everyone. I'm I'm ending the recording literally right now. Uh, Okay. Thanks for listening. Say bye, mom. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Have a good night. Have a good. Night. Oh,